Welcome to a Medic Mindset Microsode. I'm Ginger Locke. These microsodes are small bites of brainy between the longer episodes. They're short in length, but not short on quality. In this episode, Eric Bauer and Michael Perlmutter answer this question. How could you hurt a patient with a BVM? And I asked them because they are two of the amazing speakers at this year's Fast 19 conference put on by FlightBridge Ed. I'll link to the details in the show notes. The lineup is killer. I get the honor of speaking first, and after that, I will be firmly planted in a seat in the front row to hear every single talk. Here's a sample of the speakers that you'll recognize because they've been guests on the podcast before. Tyler Christofoli, Dr. Peter Antevi, Dr. Cynthia Griffin, Ashley Liebig, Dr. Jeff Jarvis, Eric Bauer. The list of phenomenal speakers goes on and on and on. I hope you'll meet me there. I'll be in the front row. Come say hi. To give you a tiny sample of what's to come at Fast 19, here's Eric talking about BVMs and the art of positive pressure ventilation. Hey everybody, this is Eric with Flatbridge Ed. Ginger asked me to talk about, real briefly, bag valve mask ventilations. We've all learned how to use a BVM. We've all started off our education with learning how to deal with a patient and focus our care on ventilating our patients with a BVM. But a lot of stuff has changed and there's been a huge focus on making sure that we're actually correctly using the BVM. A few things to focus on. Number one, we have to understand that this BVM can deliver huge, huge volumes, volumes exceeding a thousand mils. So how can we make sure that we optimize that overall alveolar filling time, but not exceed the volumes that our patients need? Number one, we need to really make sure that when we squeeze the BVM that we're just watching and we just see that minimal chest rise and fall. We don't need to overinflate those lungs. Again, the average patient has a overall lung volume as far as a physiologic need of about five to 600 mils per breath. They don't need 1,000. They don't need 1,200. They don't need 1,500. So just inflating that lung to a point where we see chest rise and fall. We want to squeeze that BVM in a very slow manner. And that does two things. Number one, if we squeeze that BVM over two to three seconds, we're actually lengthening the inspiratory time. By lengthening the inspiratory time, what we're automatically doing is allowing for longer alveolar filling time that allows for longer recruitment time. And that is beneficial as far as oxygenation goes. Number two, if we slowly inflate that lung, we don't increase the overall inspiratory pressure and cause a lot of that volume to enter into the stomach. So a good BVM should have some way to gauge that inspiratory pressure. So a mammometer that actually identifies, hey, are we exceeding 20 centimeters of water? And we don't want to exceed that point. It's been shown and proven that if we actually exceed 20 centimeters of water, we open the gastric sphincter. A lot of that volume enters into the esophagus, goes down, down into the stomach. So we always want to make sure we're focusing on the little aspects. And lastly, we want to ventilate in a slow manner, right? Not a fast rate. Research has shown that the average provider can actually squeeze that bag so quickly and so often that we're reaching 40 to 50 breaths per minute. And so we should really focus our, our repetition on squeezing the bag every six to eight seconds. 
Using a BVM comes with a lot of responsibility, and oftentimes if you're an advanced provider or handing that BVM off to a first responder, an EMT, somebody that's not an advanced provider, and that's perfectly fine, but we have to understand that we have to continually educate. If you see somebody squeezing the bag very rapidly, very quickly, overinflating that lung, we have to redirect, refocus, and make sure that we're not causing harm to our patients. Again, this is Eric with Flight Regen, and that's my two-minute tip. And here's some nuance that Michael Perlmutter added in. I hope to get him as a guest in a longer episode. Hey guys, let's talk a little bit about BVMs and the harm that we can do with a BVM. There's a couple of places that this can happen, but I think one of them is in the initial setup of the bag valve mask itself and realizing the components of the BVM. One of those things is that almost no BVMs on the market come with a peep valve attached, and most patients need two to three centimeters of peep at baseline just for normal breathing. And if you have a patient with something like CHF, they're going to need something closer to 10 or 15 centimeters of water of PEEP just to oxygenate and ventilate. And if you're not providing that, you're doing them a real disservice. Now, the other thing is that most BVMs come with a tidal volume far in excess of what the patient actually needs. If you look at that bag, it's usually somewhere between a liter and a liter and a half of air when most patients probably need three to 500 mLs of air with each breath. So we can do a lot of harm with overinflation of a patient's lungs just by giving that bag the full squeeze. The other thing we can do is to give too many breaths. So we can do harm by too much air in each breath, and we can also do a lot of harm by giving too many breaths in a given amount of time. Now, most patients probably need eight to 12 breaths a minute, maybe as high as 14 or 16 or 18 breaths a minute, but most patients probably don't need any more than that. The one notable exception to that is when you have a severe metabolic acidosis that's being compensated for by tachypnea before the patient gets mechanical ventilation from you. And if you don't match that underlying high respiratory rate with your BVM, you can let that acidosis get out of control and pretty soon you'll have a cardiac arrest on your hands. Nothing good. So in a few cases, aspirin overdose, profound metabolic acidosis, you've got to match that intrinsic respiratory rate that's compensating for the acidosis with the rate you provide with the BVM. On the other hand, if you have a patient in cardiac arrest, which is a really common reason that we in EMS are using a BVM, you can do some real harm by squeezing the bag too often and giving more than about eight or 10 breaths a minute because you're changing that intrathoracic pressure and making it less likely that the patient's heart is going to be well perfused and therefore making it a lot less likely that you're going to have the ROSC that you're working so hard for. So when we're using a BVM, we want to make sure we're giving the right amount of air. Don't squeeze the whole bag all the way empty, just enough to get chest rise. We want to make sure that we're not giving too many breaths. So use end tidal CO2 uh, on every BVM, and also use a timing device or a combination of those two things so you know exactly how many breaths you're delivering and whether you need to be giving any more or any less based on the end tidal CO2. By doing these things, you can use a BVM like a champion, like a true resuscitationist, and avoid doing harm with this very basic tool that we use every day. Come to FAST19. It's going to be awesome. We'll have a chance to talk about this and a lot of other things, and we hope to see you there. Thanks, Ginger. I really appreciate the chance to do this. Um, Talk to you soon.